and welcome to Media MD, your fortnightly dose of media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And this fortnight, Elliot, we are back to talk again about Sapiens. Yes. So, <sighs> you read it? You, you read I did it? read it. You read it and then we talk about it. That's, that's how this thing works. <laughs> um, uh, well, you got through the whole thing or? I did. I read the entire thing. And I'll talk about oh, that wow. a bit later. Um, but... First, let's do the traditional plot summary, shall we? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, you described the, the full title of this book as, last last fortnight, as Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, and that's like it, you know? Um, yeah. It's a bit weird to do a plot summary, but it, it starts when we're uh, just one genus of the, one, one species of the genus Homo, you know, and then we do our thing, and we just kind of explore different snapshots of history kind of um he explores the history of humankind at different points mainly through the framing device of of three important revolutions which are the cognitive revolution which allows humans to think and and adapt and stuff the agricultural revolution which is obviously domestication of, of plants and animals and then the technological revolution um so kind of industrial revolution to now um yeah and that's a pretty good framing device. I liked it. It 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 definitely felt like we were taking a look at the three most important, you know, periods in humanity's history, the periods of change, and taking a look at the reasons behind those and and seeing where we kind of got up to how we how we got up to where we're at now. Well, and he also, you know, um spends a bit of time uh, you know, towards the start and end of each section sort of comparing it to the other ones, which helps sort of frame the journey, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the one of the interesting things that I, I guess I kind of would have known if I had thought about it, but I didn't think about it, and this book pointed it out, which is going to be a recurring theme, I think. Yeah, um, there's a lot of those moments as you read this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, is the idea that uh, the average person, you know, during agricultural times, during medieval times or whatever, actually had a worse life than, than we did when we were hunter-gatherers. They would eat less and work harder. Um, yeah. for less reward, basically. So that's one little thing. And, and let's talk about that to start off with. Um, this book had a lot of really kind of fun facts, you know? Yeah. that's. I think that's what I liked about it the most, was it was just fun little things that, that I didn't know or that I didn't think about. Um, the first one that really got me was he spends a while talking about the other, the other species of homo that existed back when we yeah. didn't really have language to the extent that we do now, um, and how it really is just kind of a fluke that we're the dominant species and not, you know, uh, Neanderthals or these other humans which are the same the same genus as us, but they were only, you know, one metre tall or something like that. Um, yeah. It's interesting to think about and something that I never really would have thought about. Yeah, it's definitely, and, you know, because it, he talks a bit about how all these other genuses had sort of spread and they all had their own niche and it was yep. really sapiens that just sort of came through and was like, I can do all of that yeah, and wiped all the others out as it went. Well, really, they were better at than us at things that would have been useful in that time. Like they were better hunters or better gatherers, you know. We just kind yeah. of had, we just had advantages of, you know, really specific things that only really m made themselves an advantage when we uh, kind of evolved a bit and got language and started getting bigger societies and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I really like that about the book. There were a lot of like fun facts and I could spend 20 minutes right now just kind of reading through a bunch of the different facts that I really liked. Um, the way I digested this book was I was just reading it and then every, you know, 20 minutes I would just message a fun fact to my girlfriend as I was reading and she'd be like, oh, you're reading Sapiens again, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Here's a fun fact for you. Monkeys prefer, uh, fake monkeys that look more like them acting as their mothers that can't nourish them than, you know, wire monkeys that can nourish them or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Um, that was, I, I butchered that fact and sped through it a bit as an example, but whatever. <laughs> um, that's the first thing I really liked about the book is, is it the kind of fun factness of it? Um, and I do think the book was, was written in a very, uh, entertaining way. I think it, it had quite a humorous tone at a lot of points. Um, yeah, definitely. He he writes it for a normal person. You don't you don't have to be an academic to appreciate the book, which which I liked. Yeah, that's good. Although at times I kind of got annoyed by something that he did a fair amount, which was um he would explain something and then he would throw in an analogy. That was kind of the 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 way he would always do it. And sometimes the explanations were thorough enough that I was like, all right, I get it. And then he would spend like the next yeah. four paragraphs on an analogy, and I'm like, God, I don't need this. <laughs> I don't need you to compare this to a, a car manufacturing company for me to understand it. I already get it. Yeah, I yeah, I guess sometimes it can bo- cross over from being easy to understand <laughs> to condescending. But yeah, um, I, you know, it's for a mixed audience, so I can I can kind of get that. Um, yeah, well, it's be- I'd rather it be a bit condescending in parts than just uncomprehensible. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, putting putting that aside, I re- I really did like the way this book kind of was written. Um, an example is uh, he starts out with just kind of a timeline of human history, um, and there are lines like <laughs> uh, "Sapiens settle Australia, extinction of Australian megafauna," which are very kind of tongue in cheek, <laughs> overtly <laughs> pointing out some of the themes that we're going to get into later in the book, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, so on the whole, I, I quite liked it. But there were things, there were a few things that I, I didn't like about it. But actually, let's jump back to this. I, I have a question for you, Elliot. How quickly yeah. did you read this book? How long did it take you to read this book? So I was listening to the audiobook. Mm. Uh, and I reckon it was about, I was probably about a month, really. Um, audiobooks tend to be a bit slower uh, in my experience. But yeah, probably, probably about a month to get through the whole audiobook. Yeah. I, I, I would have guessed it was something like that, because I think because of the format of this show, I read this book too quickly. Um, yeah. Well, that's why I was a bit surprised when you finished it, because in my experience, nonfiction's a bit heavier, so you don't tend to chew through it as quickly as you can with fiction. Yeah. Yeah. It just... I wanted to... Obviously, I wanted to... I really enjoyed the book, and I wanted to finish it so I could give a full picture when we were talking about it here, but... In hindsight, I think I should have slowed down a bit more because a lot of the things that are talked about, I think are meant to be read and then sat with for a few days. Like, Sure, yeah. Each of the chapters, I think, is presenting a different point. Um, you know, one chapter's, hey, this is how money became involved in, in human society and this is what it, impacts it has and stuff like that, right? Um and yeah. reading that and then jumping straight into the next chapter, which is now we're going to talk about the politi- the political inherent politics of like the economy or whatever. And, and it's like, oh, I should have probably just sat and <laughs> sat with the previous <laughs> chapter and, and digested it and absorbed it and thought about it more before I moved on. 
Yeah, that's definitely true because like with with audiobooks, I you know you're only listening to you know an hour at a time tops, and so you, even within chapters, you take time to sort of think on it between listening. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I think I would read maybe two chapters a day or something like that, and yeah. it was. You know, I, I was still enjoying it a lot, but I, I do think I was missing out on on part of the kind of letting it sit nature of this book. And maybe over the next two or three weeks, it will sit with me and I'll, I'll reflect on it more. But I think I've kind of cut off a bit of the power of the book based on the format, which I think was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> um, I want to talk about something you said the reason that you said you brought this book forward last fortnight, which was talking about kind of different ways to think, right? Yeah. I'm 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 interested to hear more about that now that I've read the book. Your 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 thought process around like what different kind of mindsets you would get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't want to go into too much sort of detail because I don't think it really makes sense unless you're familiar with the content of the book. But uh Yeah. It it it's sort of related to the fun facts you were talking about. Like I think uh, as he's going through a lot of these things, like you were just talking about how there's the chapter on like uh, currency and how currency became so important. And, and yeah. often the way he breaks these things down and com- and compares how they work in our modern society, he mm. it's just, I guess it's things you'd, I'd never normally think about. Like it's going back to that thing of, uh, you know, things maybe you, you would have known if you'd sit, sat down to think about it, but I never had. Right. Um. So like I think the one the one example I really sort of remember uh is there's a section where he compares uh Catholic priests to lawyers uh early on in the book. <laughs> okay. And and talks about how they're how they're both imaginary concepts. Um mm. and and that sort of that really jumped out to me. That was the first moment that I was like, Oh, that's that's something I never would have thought about like that that's really cool sure yeah so to elaborate on that point a bit more he talks about how one of the strengths that allowed human societies to grow beyond maybe 50 to 60 people was our ability to share common delusions i guess is the right way to say it um yeah so like a belief in the economy is one modern example right money isn't a tangible thing but we all have belief in it which gives it power and that allows us to interact with people complete strangers just based on the fact that we share a common belief in the power of money right yeah and he uses the term imaginary but like he does sort of like i i, I worry because he he defines sort of exactly how he's using a lot of these terms like he he says money is imaginary and what that means is yeah it just has like a you know a two dollar coin has no inherent tangible value beyond yeah. the precious metals but if everyone believes it has value then that's yeah. just as important as if it wasn't like so the word imaginary isn't dismissive of the value it's just descriptive yeah totally um yeah i i I get what you mean but i think to me a lot of those weren't new ways to think it was just um well i guess it was new ways to think but only new ways to think in in specifically constrained situations you know there's no oh yeah i don't feel like there's knowledge that i'm carrying forward that i can apply to other areas based off of this book no, and I mean I sort of I sort of said that. I was like I don't think that this has become like, you know, my new like bible or, or yeah, way sure. of, of thinking. Um sure. I just like the way it it sort of gave you lots of examples of different ways to look at everyday things in your life and that's 
that's something I, you know, I've sort of carried through in the second book um, as I've been reading that is, mm. uh, you know, trying to trying to just enjoy those moments of, of looking at things you have in your everyday life and, and thinking about them differently. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's let's talk about the second book. So this book is well, I'll talk about it with relation to this first. Um Yeah. The this book obviously starts at the very start of of the history of what we would call humans today. Um but what the book refers yeah. to as sapiens because humans means any species of the genus Homo. So he makes that distinction early and it's, you know, okay, <laughs> cool. We'll call it sapiens. Um we start at the the early history of sapiens and we go forward all the way until the present day. And then the final chapter is taking a bit of a look forward, right? Um Yeah. Talking about what's gonna happen next. What what could be the next big revolution or, or are we already in the next big revolution and it's gonna it's gonna be this, you know, whatever. Um he talks about things like uh uh, more intense uh, genetic modifications or like cybernetic enhancement of humans to be the next kind of species or things like that. Um, yeah. But it's only in one chapter. It's about f- 15 or 20 pages. And it definitely felt like it was very rushed. Um, it felt like he was condensing <laughs> another book into, you know, 20, into one chapter. And it, it kind of had this weird yep. ending where I was like, oh, this feels like a very... This doesn't feel like a satisfying conclusion to quite an enjoyable book. Um, but presumably, from what I know about the second book, that's what he talks about in the next book, right? Is what happens next. Yeah. So I'm I'm only about halfway through it. So, uh, you know, like I obviously don't have the complete picture. Um, mm. But yeah, he's, he's essentially taking the same sort of formula where what he's doing is breaking down each sort of big uh change that's happened recently and how he thinks it's going to affect us um in the future so for instance um the other day i was i was listening to a whole section on um it, it was talking about how humans might relate with whatever replaces the concept of sapiens because he's like even if it's mm. genetic engineering technically those wouldn't be sapiens anymore um yeah. and so you know he was he was sort of talking about that so he compared it to to animals so he he cheats a little bit. He brings in a lot of similar types of stuff that he talked about in Sapiens, um, but he he does put enough of a different spin on on a lot of it to to make it not a complete rehash. Mm. Um, but he he spent ages looking at throughout humankind's history how we've had relationships with animal species because that's the best marker we've got to know how we might interact with future. Um, you know human species and you know it's it's not a great look is basically the conclusion he came to <laughs> um yeah uh, especially when you compare the other um you know homo uh genuses that we just wiped out yeah we either fought or bred with to extinction um yeah okay uh, yeah i it felt like it was weird and a bit tacked on to the end of this book. I don't know how I would have done it better because obviously the book was going from past to present and then it needed some kind of end. So obviously a little bit of future is the is the right end there, but it just felt it felt very rushed, you know? Yeah, I, I, I didn't really get that impression as I was listening to it, but I also knew at that point that there was the second one that was focused on the future. So I maybe I maybe was just sort of not not that interested in hearing the one chapter summary of what I knew was a book I was going to read at some point anyway. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, before I give it a score, 
I'm curious, yeah. what's your what's your favorite, you know, fun fact that you got out of this book, Elliot? Um, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, uh, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember some of them now. It's been a while since I read this one. Um, there's a good one in Homo Deus. Can I can I cheat and use? Oh, please, yeah. Let's hear a, a future fun fact. Uh, well, no, this one's actually about the a tribe in India who mm. um he's talking about how how humans' opinions of animals changed over time. And there was this tribe in India that defined animals in two categories as to whether they had agency or not. So like trees and crops um, did not have agency uh, and neither did cows or other domesticated animals, but elephants and tigers and insects did because they were free. So Interesting. it was just a, to justify their domestication and killing of like cows, they just lessened them to being the equivalent yeah. of trees. Whereas to not insects being, you know, conscious. Yeah. Interesting. That is a fun fact. <laughs> um, cool. So, I guess I should give this book a yeah. number out of ten. Do it. I think the answer is going to be seven and a half. I there. Yeah. Were, I just kind of liked the experience of reading it. There was enough kind of, regardless of whether I got anything out of the overarching theses theses of the book. I think there was enough fun facts peppered in that just made it an enjoyable experience to read. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd actually completely, completely agree with all of that. Um, mm. Yeah, that's that's exactly the impression I have. All right. So, yeah, I think I will check out uh, Deus as well. I think it's, I think it sounds interesting enough. Yeah, give it some time. Like, I've waited a couple of months between reading Sapiens and, and Deus, and I think that was a good, mm. good thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyway, putting putting uh, that fort- fortnight aside, let's talk yeah. about next fortnight because I'm so, going to be bringing you a show, you Elliot. Yep. A TV show. We're going back to our old staples. Um, <laughs> that uh, every time we talk about this, I have, I'm surprised again that you haven't seen this <laughs> this show. Yeah, um, it's good to finally be having this conversation during the recording and not just yeah. on Facebook or something again. Yeah, so uh, obviously the, the, the premise of our show, Media MD, is things that you've somehow missed, you know. And look, let's be honest, sometimes we stray a bit from that from that goal. <laughs> sometimes it's things that it's perfectly justifiable for someone to have missed. But this one, I'm actually, like, <laughs> genuinely surprised. Uh, so I'm talking about uh, the Netflix original show called The Good Place. Um, yeah. How much do you know about it, Elliot? Um, I know a bit because I think I saw a, a a bit of press stuff as it was first coming out. Like it's um, it's Michael Schur behind the scenes, mm-hmm. um, which was like a reason I had it down as something I was going to watch eventually because uh, he he's the guy who did like The Office and and Parks and Recreation and Brooklyn and he did Nine-Nine. Cheers as well, didn't he? I'm I'm not sure. Um, but I think the that point might be the, the point is he's got a very solid uh sitcom resume. Yep. Um. And then also Kristen Bell, um, I'm a huge fan of as well. So yeah. she's the lead, it's- I'm pretty sure. <laughs> she is the lead. And it's one of the reasons I'm so surprised that you haven't seen this. Uh, let me give you a little bit of teaser. The show is yeah. about uh, a girl who wakes up and she's she's died. Um, okay. And she wakes up being introduced to The Good Place, which is analogous to heaven. Is this just a Bobiverse spinoff? <laughs> no, uh, no, she's not a, she's not a whatever a von Neumann probe or whatever they're called. Um, uh, it, but that's all I'm going to tell you. And the reason is this show, 
starts out as just being a kind of sitcom with a a, a loose plot that is kind of emerging. Um, but one of the interesting things about it is they're in their third season now, and each season has been kind of completely different. Um, uh, not okay. tonally, but plot-wise. It's, I'm, I don't want to talk about it too much, but I would, I would thoroughly recommend that if you get into the show, which I fully expect you will, try and finish the first season and see where you see where it goes because it's very it's very surprising it's very surprising <laughs> in a sitcom format just how much it will break the mold okay yeah that sounds interesting so that's all I'll all I'll talk about it to you about it but it is very funny you know regardless of the cooler things that it's doing it's just a, a funny show on on its own um okay yeah Let's, I guess I'll leave it there. The Good Place. It's on Netflix, so it's very easy to check out, no matter where in the world you are. Yeah, I think in America, it might be NBC or something, but it's like Netflix everywhere else in the world. It's one of those shows, but... Um, oh, no. So well, American, hopefully... American people, you figure it out. Uh, the rest of the world, you should be sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, speaking about people, the audience people, uh, you guys should watch The Good Place as well, and you can uh, leave us your comments on it, and we we may uh, discuss them in the next in next fortnight's episode when we come back to talk about The Good Place. Um, if you want to do those things, you can find all these links to do to interact with the show on our website, which is mediamdpodcast.com. Uh, from there, you can find our Twitter and Facebook if you want to interact with us, or you can find a link to leave us a review on iTunes, which would be very helpful. Um, you can also find links to all our past discussion threads, as well as finding all of the clues for the Media MD ARG. You can help us figure out just who is Dr. MD and why does he have two hands. Elliot, why don't you tell the listeners this fortnight's clue? Strap. Strap. And we will see you next fortnight. <laughs>